Welcome to Batcast 66. It's the podcast where we watch every single episode of the 1966 Batman TV show and talk about it. Today we are talking about Batman episode 29, The Bookworm Turns. Teleplay and story by Rick Vola Ertz. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, and it's directed by Larry Pierce. Uh, both names I don't really recognize, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Kendall. I'm Scott. So yeah, yeah uh, we get a we get a new villain again. Yeah, this I, is pretty fun. It's a, another one created for this series. who doesn't originally come from the comics, but was introduced in 1989's uh, Secret Origin Special Number One to the comics, and as an enemy of the Huntress, and is uh, featured in Huntress Number Seven through Eleven. Yeah, so if you couldn't tell from the title, we got Bookworm here today. Yeah, played uh, by Roddy McDowell, who I wasn't expecting to show up, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so, um, well, let's start with Bookworm, the character. Do you yeah. have any... No. I, I He's one of those characters I remember from this show, and I remember him being relatively prominent, but as far as I can tell, like this is the only time he shows up. Yeah, I I guess I know him from his like appearances in the Batman sixty six comic book, but he was apparently only in like one or two issues of that. Really? Well, he's I in mean... one. He was in one issue because I was re- researching the history of the character. He's in one issue of that, which has got an interesting plot where he tries to figure out the identity of Batman using like newspaper clippings and stuff of like the Cape Crusader, and he's trying to like de- deduce him. I, I'm pretty sure he showed up in like some of the weird crossover ones, like with Archie and stuff. Word. And then I know he's got, like, cameos in, like, The Brave and the Bold and stuff. Yeah, I mean, as far as Which that... King Tut and Egghead do as well. They were also created for this series. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh... This is kind of my first real time spent with this character. Like, I think I might have seen this episode or the second episode when I was a kid, but, like, he's not... He didn't stick out in my head as many of the other villains do, which is kind of surprising because he's kind of great in this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as we said, he's played by Roddy McDowell, who um, I know as Cornelius from the Planet of the Apes franchise. I think he also... Because Cornelius, I think, is only in the first three Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. So he goes on to play Cornelius's son. I know I he's in other stuff too. I also just found out uh, he's the voice of the Mad Hatter in Batman the Animated Series. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Because I was just about to say, like, he kind of. I think I was going to say, like, I think I'm conflating my memories of Bookworm with the Mad Hatter oh. from when I was a kid, and like, that might be it. God, all right. And that's another literary vil- like based villain. Yeah. And I'm sure I said this yeah. uh, on the Mad Hatter episode we yeah. did, but I love that first Mad Hatter episode from Batman the Animated Series. It's the best Mad Hatter episode of that show. I think it's, like, probably my favorite. Like, I like it more than Long Halloween. I think it's great. Really? That's, like, your high, like in terms of just Batman stories, period, it ranks that high for you? Uh, Mad Hatter stories. Yeah. Because I know he's in Long Halloween. Like, well, like every villain's in Long Halloween. That's true. But, yeah, I, I think this is, like, my favorite. That's my favorite Mad Hatter. So, cool. Very cool that it's Roddy McDowell. Yeah, I just was on the Batman wiki, and I clicked on Roddy McDowell's link. Because I think it would take me to his so I can see what other stuff he was in. Because I also mainly know him from Planet of the Apes. 
But he just showed what other Batman things he's in. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, um... As far as this being the only bookworm appearance, I mean, we'll see how episode two does, but I really liked this episode. And it's surprising to me that he doesn't come back. So I wonder if just the success of the Planet of the Apes movies just has Roddy McDowell so busy or so expensive that... Yeah, that's what we're getting. Because the first one came out, was released in 1966. And I know it had, like, a really long, troubled, like, shoot. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if, like, maybe this is... I don't I don't know which came first in terms of... Uh, in terms of production. Because, like, I know especially since he was one of the apes, like, their makeup and stuff took forever. I know there's, like, stories of, like, them, because it's so hard to get in and out of it, that, like, they would go out to lunch just as apes... <laughs> like and there's people like they would just be driving around town, which is pretty cool. Especially if like you didn't know what was happening, because like for the time that was really impressive. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, that's been this episode of Podcast of the Apes. Yeah, maybe we'll do a podcast, uh, Planet of the Apes podcast at some point. It'll be very much much shorter. Oh yeah. Although now they have Marvel Comics, there's more stuff we can dive into. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything has Marvel Comic. It's because Disney buys everything, except for Batman. So we're free from Disney for now. For now. Yeah. Uh, so, whew, strap in. This is... What a... The episode starts with a bang, uh, I'll say. A literal bang. Uh, yes, let's, let's start at the beginning here. Uh, we were... Caught completely uh, off guard by this, and it was one of the. I'm really glad we watched this uh, sitting next to each other. Yeah, we got to see each other's reaction in real time. Like what? Yeah. Um. So we open. Uh, it's a beautiful day in uh, the metropolis of, of Gotham, Gotham City. City yeah, as I thought the narrator that was, tells us. I thought that was fun. We're at a bridge dedication ceremony. Uh I guess that's the mayor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be the. I, I assume it's the mayor about to cut the river ribbon. Seemed like an important person. Yeah. And there's, it's got to be like other city officials. Miss Gotham there. City's there. Yeah. And uh, Commissioner Gordon's Commissioner there. Gordon's there. And walking around in the crowd is a man in like a leather button-down suit with like a fedora and like a goofy pair of glasses and stuff. Yeah. So so Bruce Wayne and. and as what's comfort word and Dick Grayson are, you know, watching from their stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, well, Bruce is barely watching. He's like reading the newspaper or something. Yeah, probably about the bridge dedication. But uh, Dick is intently watching, and that shows the generational gap, right? All these kids they just care about TV. <laughs> they don't care about the printed word, which go, yeah, it's a bookworm thing. So uh. hey, <laughs> uh, the news camera focuses on bookworm of all things going on but like not in a way that's like oh snap bookworm is here it just like focuses on him and then goes back to watching the ribbon cutting ceremony uh bookworm noticing that he looks very conspicuous here like ducks behind the news van yeah and uh begins communicating with one of his henchmen who uh what what's the title oh um printer's devil i believe yeah printer's devil which i was like 
that's a really specific reference, so I looked it up. Apprentice devil is what is the term used for like the apprentice of like a prince like a like a bookmaker back in the day and I'm like it's a cool name for a villain because it's got devil in it, but like as terms of the original usage of it, that's so strange that they would use devil in that. Yeah, true that. Especially because like all the original books that were like mass produced were like the Bible. <laughs> like uh, Bookworm sends a message to the printer's devil to begin chapter one. Yeah, which, you know, it's probably the first phase of his plan since they're book-themed. Yeah. So, um... God, how do I put this? Um, so we're just kind of taking, like, our notes or just, like, what's happening, whatever. And I look up, and that guy just pulls out a real gun and just shoots Commissioner Gordon, and he falls off the bridge (laughs) to his death. And we had to pause it because we couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) So insane. It what was so unexpected for this series. <laughs> We're just like, they just murdered Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. Bruce like, and Dick are like, oh, my God. Because it, like, shows, like, a wide shot of the bridge of, like, him falling, like, off of it. Like, plum- his body plummeting into yeah. the icy water. It's like, how do you... Why? How do they fake that? Like, I mean... <laughs> Not like in terms of the production, but like in the fiction of the show, because like you know, Commissioner Gordon's not really dead, like as an adult, but like as a kid, that would have, I would have been like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. Uh so you know, one thing the show doesn't really go into is who the hell was that? I don't know. We'll we'll get to that when we get to that because we get to cut to like Bruce and Dick's reaction because they just they just saw him they just saw him die. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like. Oh my god. Yeah, they're taken aback. Aunt Harriet comes walking into the room she was watching in a different room. Yeah. She's crying. Yeah. Uh, She's like, I hope they were watching. And they're like, Who you, who's they? And they're like, she means Batman and Robin. And they're like, well, we have to run out and do something real fast. They were like, yeah. oh, we're, we're going to drive to the city and pay respects. Yeah. Uh, and they go to the study. Yeah. Then Batman looks at the audience. And he, he says uh, yeah. he swears on his oath as a crime fighter yeah. that vengeance will be had or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or Gordon will be avenged. Yeah, like, and that, and that's, you know, after he has his hand on, you know, uh, Beethoven's head for a while, and then he does that, and then they Isn't go... Isn't it Shakespeare? It's so? Shakespeare, whoever it is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so, I'm so flabbergasted by the events we're describing. Yeah. So insane. So yeah, they get on the bat poles and we cue the opening. So nuts. Truly the craziest thing yeah. that's ever happened in this show. I was not anticipating that at all. Because like, death has been referenced before. Oh yeah, we saw someone get atomized. Yeah, like Batman mentioned his parents were murdered. They threatened to kill Batman and Robin constantly. Yeah. They attempt to kill them constantly, but like... They could have, this brings up, they could have just pulled out a gun and shot them at any one of them at any point. Like, guns exist in this world now. I mean, they did, because we saw Batman and Robin get gunned down by the cops at one point. Yeah, that, this was more startling This was that. way more startling than that. <laughs> um, so. Because, yeah, just as the opening gambit, like, that's crazy. So, yeah, we cut, like, Batman and Robin are already at police headquarters. With, like, I, yeah, with, like, all the cops and stuff are there. But, like. Yeah. But you pointed out yeah. something that just shows how much 
grief, like how serious this is. Yeah. That man parks in front of the no parking sign. Yeah, there's a no parking sign, and I was like, wait a second. That's not where Bat- Batman would never do that. They, you've shown that he doesn't do that. Yeah. But the reason they show this, he pulls. Oh, I just realized it's cool. This is the first time we've got a different shot of the Batmobile pulling up yeah. to police headquarters. Um, but yeah, so, but uh, we see like, uh, Printer's Devil in the I guess you know Bookworm's Mall, uh, put a book in the Batmobile, while they're running in. Yeah. So they drop in a book uh, for who the bell for whom the bell tolls by Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Uh, and they put, she drops it in the passenger seat, and then we cut to the inside of police HQ. Yeah. Uh, Chief O'Hara's lost his mind. Yeah, he's freaking out. He's gonna murder Bookworm. Uh, yeah, extrajudicially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's like gonna strangle his pasty neck or something insane. Yeah, and have to take it easy. <laughs> you know, like. That. <laughs> Don't be, don't be one of those guys. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, I'll, I'll let that out. That's pretty bad. That's yeah, don't say that. Yeah. Um, Gordon comes walking in. He's just like, I got a ticket. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. And everyone's just like, what the hell? Like, I guess that's his secretary. Like, cause there's just a dame in there. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? Like Miss Johnson or something? Yeah. He calls her like Miss something. So it's like. I assume it must be, like, his secretary receptionist or something. I've never heard of her before. Yeah, she, like, runs up and hugs him. He's yeah. like, what the hell? It's like, Batman and Robin, why are you here? I didn't call you. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of funny. Well, yeah, he spends, like, two minutes, like, screaming about this ticket he got. And then it's like... He says he was arrested for overtime parking. Yeah. And, yeah, the officer that gave him the ticket, their name was... A.S. Scarlet. Did you get grab the badge number too? I didn't. It was like 1887 or something. Yeah, it's, it's something related. It's related to the name. Um, but Batman's like, we're here to solve your murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so funny because he's like, wait, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> but yeah, just like before. He's so pissed about this ticket that it takes, like, that much time for him to, like, realize, yeah. like, something's a mess. Well, because the police take care of their own. That's true. Um, but no, it's a... But yeah, it was like, obviously, yeah, we we knew, you know, actually, Gordon was going to be dead. I'm glad they kind of got ahead of that. Like, yeah. Although it would have been interesting to see Batman actually solve, like, a murder mystery. Yeah, but the tone would be so the tone, The tone would be so off for this show. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... So yeah, Batman puts together the A.S. Scarlet relates to some. Did you catch the... that? That and the numbers it relates to a, a Sherlock Holmes story. Yeah, because they know Bookworm was there, so they're probably already thinking on like the literary um, uh, angle of it. Because yeah, because they say the badge number and Chief O'Hara is like, "There's no one with that badge number. Like that's not a badge number we have." So obviously he got to deli- didn't detained so batman deduces that it was a false thing and they had like a trained skydiver or not not skydiver like high diver yeah do like pretend to be gordon and be a murder victim truly nuts uh all of a sudden an alarm goes off from batman's utility belt yeah he pulls out like a big tiger electronics looking thing <laughs> And uh, it's the Batmobile's, like, bomb detector. 
uh, it's going off because it turns out that book was more than just a book. Um, they like do the uh, ejector seat thing again. It works this time, fortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it goes up into the sky, and explodes in like a puff of like colored gas. It's pretty the, cheap looking. The effect shot was sh- shockingly bad for the show. The show's pretty good with its effects. It like uses them in a way that like either hides it, the the sixties television nature of it. Or, like, is in a way that's, like, charming, like, how the they walk up the side of the building, but, like, it's obviously just a camera on the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, you could, like, see the string holding the explosive. Yeah, and just, like, like, yeah, it was, like, a ball that just... And it wasn't a book, it was just, like, a ball that, like, had smoke come out of it. Yeah. So, the Batmobile is saved. Batman and Robin rush outside. It's, like, papers falling everywhere, yeah. The printer's devil... Yeah, he's got, like, a transceiver or whatever inside a book, and he's talking to Bookworm, being like, well, that part didn't... Plot A is what they called it. It didn't work. Which, which I love. Which, I guess, so that plot A was to maybe just blow them up. So, so plot B is still working, like, where, like, the... I guess the book's asbestos-laden cover, so it would survive that. Would be, like, a clue. Yeah. And then Batman and Robin come out, and he, like, turns, like, to the front half of the book, which is, like, real words... And it's just like eating a sandwich, just being like, I'm just a guy reading a book, and there was just an explosion in front of me, and I'm not reacting to it. Yeah. And Batman and Robin turn to him and just like, oh, where did this book cover come from? Yeah. Like, did you see who put that in the Batmobile? He's like, no, Batman, I ain't seen nothing. Yeah. Well, he's like, oh, this book cover fell from the sky after that explosion. Yeah. Yeah. He's like very much like, uh, who cares? Yeah, I, I think it'd be more. I think that makes him more suspicious him being so nonchalant about the whole thing. Granted, this probably happens constantly in Gotham. Yeah, it seems to be a weekly like, thing. Penguin throws giant umbrellas everywhere. Just ruining everyone's day trying to get to work. So yeah, back at Bookworm HQ, we get to see like another kind of unhinged thing well because this is before or after batman mentioned like he was kind of like that bookworm was like a failed novelist that he is or something so it's after they do yeah. mention that about him yeah because i think they're talking about that when they were getting the book cover because they mentioned like how he leaves like he's trying to tell like a story or whatever because they're trying to figure out what his plan is he's like like the failed novelist he is because i guess this ties into his motivation yeah. to be insane so, Epicorm HQ, the the hench lady, Lydia is her name. Lydia Olympic. She's like, pra- she's like all over Bookworm, praising him. Uh, and then she's like, when are you going to write your bestseller? And Bookworm like snaps. And yeah. he starts freaking out and he picks up this giant book. Well, and- he goes on, like, it's a great like acting performance oh yeah for, like for this. sure yeah. where he goes on and on about like his f- failure to shortcome like oh we can't do anything original like even though he didn't read all these books and knows all of them he picks up this giant humongous prop book and is gonna just clobber her to death with it yeah which i thought was also insane yeah but then he sees the title of the book and it's like a self-help book about self-control <laughs> and it's like the size of a child yeah Truly, truly insane. Yeah, um, so anyway, he then, like, 
puts the book down on like one of those like reading like book reading pedestals. I don't know what they're called. Um, but then just like reads the whole thing in like seconds. Yeah, I guess this is like. Yeah, it's called having like an edict memory where you can remember everything you've set, like seen or read. But I guess I guess that's more than just a hobby. It's his superpower. Yeah, which is weird. It's very weird. Um. Anyway, this book gives him a new idea. Uh, so Batman and Robin, we cut to them driving around town in the Batmobile. They mention that in the book For Whom the Bell Tolls, one of the, or I guess the main character's motivation is to blow up a bridge. Yeah, because obviously they're, they're like, how's this tie in with the bridge before? See, when they invoke Sherlock Holmes, I thought they were talking about when Holmes and Moriarty went off the bridge. Like, that was supposed to be, like, how they died. Or not a bridge, it was a waterfall. And then, like, they had to come back for another story. Like, so it was just a... They came up with, like, a bullshit reason for them, like, him to be alive. Like, in the next book. Some traditions never go away, huh? Yeah, so I don't know... I don't know, I was trying to put, I was trying to piece it together as well, because, you know, not like the Riddler ones where I'm, like, actively trying to solve the riddles, just, like, as you're watching it, like, you try to figure it out, like, along with the characters, you know? Yeah, there is a bit of a mystery here. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, I'm with Batman and Robin, I don't get what the hell his plan is right now. <laughs> so, they get a call, well, first they see the bat signal in the sky, which is a rare treat for us on Batcast. Yeah, we don't get this. They, I mean, we know it exists in the show, but like they don't use it because as soon as they see it, they get a call on Batmobile because Commissioner Gordon can just straight up call them. Like they don't necessarily need the bat signal to signal Batman and Robin are needed. Yeah, so they get a call about something weird going down at some building. Yeah, it was like a warehouse or something. Yeah, and when they arrive. Oh, no, no, before then, they just have to use the emergency oh, yeah! bat turn. <laughs> so they do that footage where there's, like, a, you know, where it has the parachutes and everything, like, to stop their speed so they can turn around. And then they call up the, the Batmobile, like, parachute pickup guy, and a man driving, like, a truck labeled that goes and, <laughs> like, drives away to go get that. And I'm like, that's such a fun little detail. Yeah, that sounds like a great job, honestly. Yeah, I kind of want to know how many people are in Batman's, like, employee. You just sit around and wait to pick up the parachutes. Like, you see the bat signal in the sky. Like, maybe that's why they're like, so people will be like, all right, I got to get ready. Stations. Ah. Stations, everyone. I don't know if they're going to use this particular gadget, but I need to go get it back. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I would maybe, maybe that's a cool Batman story to write someday. <laughs> Instead of him fighting the Joker for, like, the 10 billionth time. Yeah, who cleans up? Yeah. Well, Marvel has a thing called damage control, which is kind of a fun concept. I don't don't think DC has anything like that. Who knows? That would be fun. So Batman and Robin head to this warehouse. And projected on the side of it is a blown up picture of the bridge. Yeah, so get it? They blew up the bridge. Because it's wordplay. Because words are in books. Words are in books. Yeah. So... They're trying to figure out where the projection is coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they figured they better get... Uh, like a higher vantage point. Yeah. So, they want to climb a building, but it's too high for their regular bat ropes. 
So they pull out like this mortar that yeah. shoots like a grappling hook. Yeah, so they can climb up high. And uh, so this leads to, you know, one of the, the famous Batman and Robin like climbing a building scenes. But it leads to an even more famous and the first time this happened in the show. Which I thought this we weren't going to see this until season two maybe. When the show got, you know, was Batmania was a thing and everyone wanted to be involved. Yeah. Well, we got our first window cameo. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lewis pops his head head out and is just like, oh, it's Batman and Robin. Yeah. And <laughs> they're just like, go away. And then he yeah. does. It, it was very strange. Like, I don't think he was a specific character, right? No. I think he just was Jerry Lewis was just there. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Yeah, the first cameo. Yeah. You got any Jerry Lewis memories? He, I mean, he was the original Nutty Professor. Uh. I, most I mostly know Jerry Lewis as the inspiration for Professor Frank on The Simpsons. I never really watched much uh, Jerry Lewis stuff. Yeah, me neither. I know he's big in France. Uh. I mean, I know he's a comedy legend. Just, you know, I never... Grew up with his stuff. Like, was he like on the Scooby Doo movies or something? Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, I I don't know much about him myself, and thankfully you don't have to know much because he's gone. Yeah. Little cameo. That's fun. Yeah, it was. It didn't distract from anything. It's just like, oh, I think it was more interesting. Just that was the first time it happened on the show because I know that's like a famous thing. Yeah. Um. I, I think during this back half of season one, like, the I feel like they were filming it as Yeah, it as started, it was coming out, yeah. Because we had a callback to the Bat-2C, which yeah. I feel like was like, was why a, would they do that twice if it wasn't like a popular like, yeah. thing? Yeah, this one definitely feels like more in line with the show as like pop culture remembers it now. Yes. Like, like, it's gotten, a, like, much... Like, not that it was very grounded before, but it feels much more heightened. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, I'm down. So, they see uh, where the projection's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they climb back down and find the bookmobile. Yeah, which is perfect. Oh, yeah. So perfect. And it's got like a projector on the top and it's going on. So yeah, they drive up to it in the Batmobile. And they're like, oh, it looks abandoned, but just in case, let's uh, blast it with a sonic bat beam. Yeah. What's it, like like 1,200 decibels or something they set it to? Yeah, which causes everyone to come broiling out in pain. But we very clearly see that his, his mall is tied up in there. Like, you know... Uh, and then they, the bookworm and his goons run off. And Batman and Robin don't turn that thing off and chase them away. So she's just there getting tortured by this thing. Yeah, I, I guess so. They never... The show doesn't seem to think that, but it doesn't yeah. do anything to, like... Yeah. They showed us that someone has to get the parachutes. They, yeah. they, they didn't show us that someone needed to turn off the thing. Yeah. Maybe it has an automatic timer for safety reasons for civilians. So they chase Bookworm and his goons into this alleyway. Yeah. Uh, and Bookworm jumps into this, like, box. Well, the first thing he's like, oh, the art of war, like, he basically, like, page, paragraph, whatever, tells him essentially a formation to go into. 
which is kind of fun. Yeah, and they like do a lap around Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah, and then he hide, he hides in like this box, and then it's a cut of like Batman and Robin surrounded by these guys, and they're like, "Gentlemen, please take off your glasses." Yeah, all the goons are wearing glasses. And then he turns around, and is like, "Remember here, man, with glasses." And they all take them off, and then they all start to like the you know the typical Batman brawl, which is fun. It's a fun joke and a fun gag, but it's also like I was I think I turned to you and I was like. If they kept their glasses on, would they have just been immune to Batman and Robin and yeah. they just beat the shit out of them? <laughs> Maybe that's the plan right yeah. there. Gotta take advantage of Batman's goody-two-shoes nature. Exactly. So yeah, uh, Batman and Robin overpower the goons. I think Robin says like, ah, oh, six to one, the odds are, or six to two, the odds are in our favor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so... During the fight, Bookworm keeps, like, popping his head out of this box, which yeah. I thought was pretty amusing. Uh, but Batman and Robin just keep throwing goons into the same box Bookworm and I was, in. And I think I made a notice. It's like, they can't all fit in that. Does it have a bottomless hole, like, at the bottom? And they're like, oh, there was an escape hatch. Yeah. Like, they did escape. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah. they go over to the box and it's just empty. They they're like, we threw, like, 30 dudes in here. <clears throat> very funny uh they return to the bookmobile to like free the captive and i guess like look for clues or whatever yeah robin yells holy cinderella uh i i am glad that batman like i think we paused here for a minute just to catch up on our notes and i remember and i remember i said wow they're doing this whole like fake captive thing again because then Batman stops Robin from going in and is like, wait, I think they're doing this trick on us again. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, this wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, I was like, that's great. I'm so happy. So they concoct this plan where they're going to gas her, like put her to sleep. So they can take her to the Batcave. Yeah, yeah. And they like run a lie detector test on now, her. Now, before they do this to her, they do explain to her everything that's about to happen. Like, it's not like they just, it's not like he's like the villains and just gasses people. He says, I'm going to gas you. But, like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to suffer no ill will or no ill effects or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, so she's, like, in, like, a trance, and they have her hooked up to, like, a big lie detector. So, because, yeah, because they established that she still thinks that she's in the bookmobile. She doesn't know where she, like, she doesn't realize she's in the Batcave. Yeah. Talking to Batman Robin, so, like, they're in her subconscious. So, yeah, she would, like, reveals her name and yeah. that she is a bad guy. Yeah, and that, like, bookworm has not told them that her plan so she can't actually help them with that but they do take her back to the bookmobile yeah and put her just as she was mm-hmm. which i feel like that whole trip would use a lot of gas yeah it should take a lot of time uh but anyway they wake her up and she's like oh thanks for rescuing me batman and robin here's what bookworm's plan is yeah and it's this uh they're, they're getting them to, like, meet at, like, uh... They're, they're gonna steal, like, the Declaration of Independence or something. Yeah, from a replica of... Like, Independence Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, essentially, she's setting, like, they... She's telling them, like, a trap. Yeah, set, yeah. setting them up for a trap. And yeah. they know it. They know it because they already did this whole thing. Yeah. So, Batman... Batman's like, alright, we'll get a, an ambulance here to come take care of you, or whatever. And she's like, oh, don't leave me, so... He yeah. leaves Robin. Yeah, but, like, he makes a big show of, like, oh, we're getting you an ambulance, but they're calling the cops to come get her because they know she's a bad guy. Um, 
And then, yeah, so it's like, oh, so you stay with her, make sure nothing happens. I'll go do Batman things. I forget exactly what he says. Yeah, he... No, no, he's, like, gonna go spring the trap because Bookworm doesn't know that he knows that it's a trap. Yes. Yeah. So he thinks he still has an element of surprise on him. Um, But, you know, so Robin's there with her, but, like, Robin keeps calling her by her name, which, you know, she didn't tell him consciously what her name was. So she basically is like, well, can you read... Well, first she's, like, flirting with him. I'm like, hey, he's, like, 16. <laughs> like, I guess she really is a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Because, um, like, the only other time, like, a villainess did that with Robin, like, she was also a teenager working for the Joker, so it was age-appropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her. Whatever the her name is, I don't remember. Yeah. But, um... She's like, oh, can you read me the fourth book on that shelf? She's like, no, not that one, that one. And there's a specific book, and it's like, the history of English literature. So I was like, oh, man, books like this always put me to sleep. And, of course, when he opens it, it's full of purple knockout gas. <laughs> and it puts him to sleep. Yep. And she pulls out another book that has, like, a trans- transmitter in it. It's like, uh, I've got Boy Wonder. Uh, they know, they Batman and Robin are aware of my plans. He's kept using my name. Yeah, so, somehow they know who I am. So now... Bookworm knows that Batman knows that it's a trap, but Batman doesn't know that Bookworm knows that Batman knows that it's a trap. Yeah. So he's back. So it's back to being a normal trap. Um, yep. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah. Or rather, afterward. Yeah. Uh, they see that Robin's tied to like the thing inside of a bell. Yeah. That like rings it. Uh, it's like oh, one minute to midnight, and then yeah. it'll like splatter his brains all over the inside of this thing. Yep. And we know he's probably a stone cold killer. Probably. They, he was about to kill his his lady there. Yeah, and like his plan involved murdering or he's making because it, it could have been a high diver. He could have just murdered somebody that like is just like pretend to be uh, Commissioner Gordon who could have just shot him. Maybe that's what happened to False Face. Yeah. Maybe, like, oh, maybe that was Face, False Face. Yeah. yeah, he like was like, yo, get in on this plan with me. And then yeah. they're like, I don't want to split whatever we're our whatever, whatever I, I lied to you about. Yeah. Yeah. So kill him. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the comic, yeah, I was going to say if it wasn't for the comic, cannon. that would be my head cannon too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, one thing we learn about this clock tower. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Is that it was uh it's built like, in dedication to Thomas Wayne, or was at least named after him or something. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, they said Bruce Wayne's father. Yeah. But like, yeah, I was like, that's neat. You know, like a, like a piece of like world building. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, but um, overall, this was a pretty good episode. Dude, so dense. There was so much happening in it. Um, never a dull moment. It felt like it flew by. It this was a roller coaster. Uh, so fun. This was like almost all of the Batman sixty six tropes like rolled into one. Like, how are they gonna do the second half? I don't know. But I'm I'm excited to get into it. Me too. Yeah. What's it called? While Gotham City burns. Yeah. The bookworm terms while Gotham City burns. That's a pretty good couplet too. Sometimes they're pretty stupid, and like don't really they just rhyme. Not yet he ain't or yeah. what was it called? <laughs> yeah, Penguin gone straight. Not yet he ain't. Yeah, <laughs> which I love those episodes, but. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope to see y'all or force you to listen to our voices in yeah. two weeks. Same backcast time. Same backcast channel. <laughs>